Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hey, girl. Hey. So How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, how are you feeling? How are, how has life been? How are things? Are you ready for for this topic for tonight? Listen, listen. In the spirit of transparency, in this very moment, I'm great. Last two days, oh my god, what was life? Don't know, but I'm better today. This is this has been a rough two fucking weeks. I'll tell you that much. Like, hasn't it? It's it's been a little get over here, but you know what? I think tonight is going to be a good event session. We are going to talk about a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. So I I don't know. I think I need tonight's topic. I need to talk about tonight's topic. So well, we're gonna do it's it. It's going to be a we're good one tonight. All right. So in this, you know, since since you did the honors, um, and this is part three of sort of this series of like self reflection, betterment, shadow work, all that stuff. I, I gonna give you the floor to introduce tonight's topic. So tell them about these boundaries, girl. Lord. So tonight, that's it. We're talking about boundaries. Um, what it looks like, what it feels like, whether or not we have them. I feel like a lot of people who grew up in the Caribbean don't know what boundaries are. That's just the reality. Um, and so we're talking about what boundaries look like in our lives. Do we have boundaries up? And if we don't, how we can start having them. You want to go first, girl? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'll start the the conversation off with a question. So, okay, what are, what are some examples of boundaries? This is my personal opinion. The same from Webster's dictionary and nothing. But I think um, at the very core of it, boundaries are essentially. I don't want to like the word guidelines, but boundaries are essentially just conditions right based on what you can and cannot accept when communicating and dealing with others so boundary barriers that's a good word but just guidelines if you will what can and can't work between you and others um based on your own personal existence right and your own personal needs that's what i see boundaries as i didn't do my googles (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, boundaries, boundaries literally define themselves, right? So boundaries are essentially you're, you're building a non-existent wall, a, a hypothetical wall around yourself. Um, yeah. You can have physical boundaries. You can have emotional boundaries. You can have boundaries in relationships. You can have boundaries in uh, platonic friendships. You can have boundaries with your family. Boundaries, I like to call it my no-no square. So I like that. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny because like the term no, no square. The first time I heard it, it was in relation to like, hey, don't touch me there. This is my no, no square. Like there's a song like that. Like, but really? Yeah. Um, I but I, that. I call boundaries my no, no square because I like to picture 
you know, an actual like square that I put myself Mm -hmm. in. And when I think of setting boundaries, I think of, like you said, those guidelines for, hey, in order for us to have this relationship, these are the specific lines that you can't cross in order for me to feel comfortable and safe and happy in this relationship with you. Um, So I don't know. Let's let's I guess let's throw it back. When was the first time you can recall setting a boundary? And at the time that you did that, did you recognize it as a boundary? Oh, baby. Honestly, I'm sure earlier in my life, there were times where I set boundaries and I didn't realize that that's what it was. But the reality and this is just me being honest about myself. I only recently realized that boundaries were so necessary. I realized that for my whole life, I never had boundaries with people. Um, Very boundless, this one. (laughs) And it got me into a lot of trouble. And when I say I didn't have boundaries with people, I didn't create boundaries so that people could respect my boundaries. It was weird. It was this like um, one-way street where I would very, very, very easily respect other people's boundaries. People didn't even really have to set boundaries with me. I just, you know, like that... um, you know, like dog collars where if the dog, it's like creates this invisible fence where if the dog tries to cross, they get a little electric shock. That's how I used to be where I would never like cross people or anything like that. But I never created boundaries. So people don't cross me because I just used to be such a people pleaser. And I feel like I've shared this on the show before that I consider myself a recovering people pleaser (laughs) because baby, (laughs) I could remember times where me and Diamond were like kids and teenagers, where she'd ask me to do something. And I would say no, because I genuinely couldn't, but I would feel so bad. Like I would be harassing her for like the next hour. Like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Please don't be mad at me. Cause I said, no, like I was that girl. And so. And that's the important part of setting boundaries is, is embracing the ability to say no as a complete Mm -hmm. sentence will appear at the end and i would always think that if i said no people would get mad at me um and you know i'm not going to talk about the root of that because you know y'all could listen to episode one for that (laughs) i can't i can't even talk about the the root of that because i still in therapy to examine the root of that right right so yes so i spent pretty much my whole life not realizing that i also should have been setting boundaries with people so i want to say maybe in the last year and a half um is when i've started to and even i feel like that's a bit of a stretch I should say more so in the last maybe um, eight to nine months is when I started to truly set boundaries, mean it, and just be like, whatever. Up to maybe a few weeks ago, I had to set a boundary and I felt a little nauseous after, I'm not going to lie, like I was on the phone venting to my girlfriends, feeling a little guilty and they're like, it's uncomfortable right now, but you know what, D? The long-term effects of what would have what you would have been feeling had you not set that boundary would have felt way worse than these few minutes that you're feeling the way you felt you feel. So to answer the question, after all those words, I only just recently started setting boundaries. (laughs) So I'm still learning. So so before I share mine, let's let's dive into different types of boundaries. I kind of touched on them earlier, but I Googled. Um 
So you can have emotional boundaries, which mm-hmm. means you're trying to protect your own emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. You can have physical boundaries, which means you're trying to protect your physical space. Mm-hmm. You can have sexual boundaries, which means you are protecting your needs and your safety as it relates to your sexuality and sex. Mm-hmm. You can have workplace boundaries, which is protecting your ability to do your work without interference or drama. You can have material boundaries, which is protecting your personal belongings. And then you can have time boundaries. So protecting the use and misuse of your time. So listen, in reading that list, I'm like, shit, I didn't have nobody type of boundaries growing up. Like none. And and I I fully feel you there in terms of the lack of boundaries being related to me being a people pleaser and feeling like if I set a boundary, I would make someone mad or me somehow establishing a boundary and saying no to something was me disappointing a person. And I think that's it for a lot of people. Like a lot of the times when we have different, like I think more people have difficulty setting boundaries with people that they love and people Mm -hmm. they have good relationships with versus people that they historically maybe have negative interactions with. Like in my life, if I if there's a person I don't like and they cross me in the wrong way, like, bitch, let's fight. Like you cross the boundary. Let's go. Or I'll tell you about yourself because I don't even have to think twice about it. But when it comes to like family, friends, partners, romantic interests, like mm-hmm. setting boundaries there has been hard. Um, the first time I remember setting a boundary was in high school. I had to basically end a friendship with essentially my best friend in high school. I feel like we know about this from a previous episode, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, baby. So she that crossed. Must have made you sick. Yeah. Yeah. She crossed a really, 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 really like solid boundary for me. Like she was fully aware of like how deeply I had been affected by a situation that had harmed me Mm -hmm. and chose to continue interacting and actually dating the person who had harmed me. So in response to what she did, I literally had to like end the friendship and like express myself and say, I cannot continue to be friends with you if you are dating this person because this person harmed me like this person brought like harm into my life so you being my friend would also do the same thing and like that was the first time I remember me not you know in like a dramatic way not that we were like arguing and fighting like I explicitly expressed like we we can't be the friends that we used to be and this is exactly why um and like you said, I de- listen, I felt physically sick. I felt like, oh my God, what did I do? Should I go back? Should I fix it? She going to be vexed with me. Mm-hmm. And it was for years. Like I kept looking back, like, did I do that the right way? Like, was I wrong? And obviously, you know, there's layers of things involved in that, but establishing a boundary was such a strange territory for me. Yeah. That, like it felt wrong. Like mm-hmm. it felt like, what the fuck did I just do? But damn. Yeah. And, and I think because of how I felt in response to that situation, I had difficulty setting boundaries after that because I always felt like, am I going to lose this friend forever if I establish a boundary? Like, will this be the end of my friendship with this person? So have you ever had like 
a negative response to you setting an emotional or physical or however, you know, boundary with somebody? Yes. Um, shit, I'm trying to, oh, God, I feel like this just going to keep leading back to my mama. <laughs> like, um, you know what? And regardless of who, my mother, other family members, friends, um, even lovers, anybody who I had a hard time setting boundaries with, you know, in the past, once I got to that point where I got comfortable and started setting boundaries, it was like a shock to people. And naturally their first reaction would be, why are you overreacting? Why are you acting like this? Um, you doing a lot would be certain responses that I would get to me setting boundaries. Cause it was not, they weren't used to it. You know what I mean? Everybody who I was interacting with, at least at that time, who was still a part of my life, they were so used to me just rolling over and letting them have their way with me. So once I got to the point where I'm like, hey, that thing that you just did, don't like it. I would be met with, oh, you overreacting or something of the sort. People don't like even even us, even people who understand boundaries. People don't like being told when they're crossing a boundary. People don't like the feeling of this person has established this line that I can't cross. Like, it's not a good mm-hmm. feeling, even being on the other end of someone setting a boundary. Like, yeah, people don't like it. Um, it, it, like I said, the shit don't feel good, but I'm trying to think. Honestly, I think everyone who I've ever set a boundary with has had a negative response, um, has seen it as like, I don't know. I don't, I, I guess I can't speak for them, but I feel like sometimes people see it as like, oh, so we're not friends in the same way or like this somehow changes mm-hmm. our relationship. I'm like, it doesn't have to. I just think that in order for people to learn how to set and respect boundaries, they need to also accept the fact that like you don't own someone. You right. don't have unlimited access to someone's emotions, to someone's physical body, to, to someone's right. you know, workspace. Like, you know, marriage, relationship, no matter how close you are to a person, like you have an an identical twin. And I'm still sure that there are boundaries between you and her that you guys establish and have to respect despite you coming into the world together. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people learning how to respect boundaries or learning how to accept that boundaries exist Mm -hmm. goes back to this idea that like people think that they should be able to access you and, and, have control over how they interact with you at all times. Right. With people that I don't know very well, and it makes, it's, you know, back to what you were saying earlier, it's easier to set boundaries with people you don't know very well, right? Um, and with strangers, because, you know, there's different variations of us setting boundaries. Um, something as simple as not accepting an appointment because you're not available at that time, that's an example of setting a boundary. But with someone that you're, like, comfortable with, I want to say one good example would, you know what, this dude that I recently like just kind of stopped talking to, I find myself realizing that majority of our conversations are just me kind of helping him through stuff. And I had to really, and this is more so a boundary I had to set with myself. Like, yes, I know that I, part of my job description is intuitive healer, right? But there's a point where I do have to turn that off. And in my history with dating and just my relationships with people in general, friendship, whatever, there's always this, this version of that relationship that turns into me helping people through things and being there. You know what I mean? And I had to be like, okay, this is happening too much. That's number one. But number two, I started to feel almost as though 
he was kind of discarding me. And when I say that, it was like he would have something going on and be like, sorry, D, I can't talk. I got this whatever it is going on and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. I, and I get that, right? We all sometimes have something going on where we're not able to talk. But then I started to realize that was happening too much. And I'm like, you know what? This is not for me. <laughs> and it was like the access that he wanted to you to be able to sort of like vent and receive your input on like his issues you weren't receiving back from him. So it wasn't necessarily a mutual exchange. Right. Like, now, granted, or- if there was ever something where I needed some kind of like, you know, understanding or an ear, he would be, he would make himself available when he wasn't going through whatever he was. He always had something going on basically. But what I noticed is that it was as though he would call me for certain things. And it's, and that's the thing. I don't want to be called every time you have something going on, but I don't want every single thing we talk about to be whatever drama you have going on at the time in your life. Right. And I also don't want to just be placed on a shelf when you're having your feelings or whatever. And for me, I'm naturally a very understanding person. I get the space in life where you're at. And so for that, it's best that I just remove myself from the equation (laughs) because my role is not to just be grabbed and put, put back based on your needs and your experience. There's a certain amount of availability that you don't have, and that's fine. So I'm not gonna try to force you to be available in the way that I would like you to be. And I'm not gonna kick up a shit storm because you're not, you know what I mean? So I just got to a point where I just was like, you know what? Let me just remove myself from the equation. Yeah. I, um, can totally relate. Um, <laughs> I, I think one of the hardest boundaries for me to set has been in that role of like being a supportive friend. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people don't realize that a boundary can also be being honest with your friend about the fact that sometimes you just don't have it in you right now to take on their stuff and it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you don't love them it doesn't mean you don't want to be there for them it just means like right here and now like i'm dealing with my own shit today or i just don't have it in me today to take on emotion from another person right Um, sometimes people don't realize that you know as friends we vent to each other and we share what we're going through and and we talk about our experiences but like we don't realize how just venting can be kind of like I trying to hide from things like emotional transfer and things like that, but it, but it, it is, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it can definitely be that like you think that you're just sharing what happened to you, but like if you're sharing it with someone who genuinely cares about you, then they're taking that on while you're venting. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes your friends have space for it and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've noticed people doing more of and talking more about is the reality of that. And the reality of like, how do you tell your friend, like, yo, I want to be here for you today, but I don't Mm -hmm. have it in me. And like, how do you set that boundary without making your friend feel like, damn, like nobody here for me with me. That's been Mm -hmm. a struggle because like, Mm -hmm. I have friends who, who deal with depression and, and like mental health issues. I have friends who have dealt with like suicidal ideations and things like that. So I'm always afraid of this idea of like, hey, I want to be here for you, but I need to set this boundary right now because I, I, today is just not a good day for me. And like, Uh I'm afraid that one day I do that and that something happens. Yeah. Something happens to like a friend, you know, they were in a desperate situation. Like, that's, that's really why I have trouble setting that boundary. So one thing I would do 
and this is something that me and my own friends have implemented. For one, me and my best friend from freshman year of college, um, I remember that we had this falling out um, a little over a year ago. And during the falling out, I remember she, there was a lot of miscommunication. I'm not going to get into what we fell out about and the he said, she said and the bullshit behind it. But I remember her reaching out to me and for the first time, I wasn't in a space to hear what she had to say. And so, and of course, out of frustration and anger, I was like, I don't have anything in me to give to you right now or something like that. I said, she was like, fine. We later talked about it. I was like, I just feel like I'm always the one who's there for you, but you're never there for me. And then she also let me to know, well, you don't ever share nothing with me. <laughs> like you always point on this. So that was a lesson that I had to learn and I had to really learn how to remove that barrier. That's one layer. But two, one thing we do is when we call each other to vent about things, before we just get to venting, we ask, are you in a good place to hear what I have to say right now or to hear what I've got going on? Even remember at the beginning of the episode, I was like, girl, two days ago, it was a mess over here. One of my close, my best, one of my best friends, um, I called her and I was like, are you in the right energy space to hear me vent? <laughs> like, and she was like, of course, you know what I mean? And so maybe you and your friends could establish that. Maybe when you guys, when nobody has anything going on, you could just say, hey, I was just, you know, I'm learning about boundaries and things such as that. What do you guys say moving forward? If any of us need to vent to each other, we just double check with whoever we call on first. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I have a relationship like that with at least one of my friends. And mm-hmm. he's probably the person I talk to besides besides my husband. Like I talk to him most other everybody. Um, yeah. And we do vent to each other a lot because mental health wise, like we've experienced the same things. Um, yeah. And we've come to a place where like before he he vents, he'll be like, hey, are you in a space where like you could hear, hear me out right now? Um, yeah. or sometimes like I'm a venter. I, I go on rants at a, you know, just offload on people. So I've had to kind of train myself to dial it back. And sometimes I'll do it. Like I'll vent first and then be like, I'm so sorry for like dumping all of that. Like, are you even in a space to have this conversation right now? Um, but I've noticed that it's been a slow process in terms of establishing which friends to create that type of boundary with, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, this, this most recent situation with the whole setting up boundary thing that I experienced, I think because I didn't set boundaries in this friendship early enough, it kind of boiled over to a point where like, now we're in this weird space where like, I don't know if the friendship is going to be a friendship anymore. Um, but this was a person who he doesn't necessarily vent, but he does like to, um, he had a habit of like, he'd call and like talk about his day and talk about what he's up to and talk about what he's doing. And like, it would become very much like, let me offload all these things that I'm doing on you, ask you one or two questions about how you doing. And then, okay, I'll call you later. Like it was very much a lot of him and mm-hmm. not so much like a, Hey, I'm calling to check on you. Let's talk as friends. Yeah. Um, and I tried to tread this topic carefully because like sometimes people don't know. Mm-hmm. what they're doing or how they have an effect on you or how it's coming off, yeah. especially if you're not communicating. And again, because I didn't set boundaries because I wasn't, you know, saying, Hey, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of festered up into like something much bigger than, than I think it probably should have been. But, um, 
Yeah, I there were a lot of boundaries in this friendship that just weren't set from conversations on the phone to respecting my time to respecting my space. This person at one point, because they needed somebody to stay with when they moved to the state that I live in, ended up living with me and the live in situation spiraled out of control. Like it went from something that was supposed to be a couple of weeks to something that ended up being a couple of months. Like you and I have personally on a personal level Mm -hmm. spoken about this, but there were so many boundaries that were crossed because I didn't communicate them because I've been raised in a way to where when you establish boundaries with someone, that means that's the end of it. Like Mm -hmm. there's no continuation of the relationship after the boundaries are set or somebody's upset or somebody feels disrespected. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that I'm in therapy, I recognize that a lot of the things that I do to try to avoid those confrontations and that disappointment and all that stuff is a direct response of like how I was raised. And yeah. I said it earlier in the episode, Caribbean kids, black kids, like a lot of people of color are raised in this way. Even I will say most millennials are kind of accepting this reality that like our parents did not raise us to feel like we had control over what boundaries we set for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when it came to them, they were okay for the most part with us setting boundaries with other people. So I will say if my mom knew that like, I didn't like somebody or like I was uncomfortable in something like, I think for the most part, I could tell her like, yeah, I don't want to go by that person house or like, I don't want to be this person friend anymore. And she would respect that. But if the day ever came where I set a boundary with her or with my father or with any Mm. adult in my life. That's considered disrespect. It was considered disrespect and it Mm -hmm. was met with like, how dare you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think so many of us have this issue setting boundaries and speaking up for ourselves in our adult lives because we relate back to that child who was met with like, you would swear that I was like, yo, granny, back the fuck up off me. Like you were swearing. <laughs> right. And you know, the re- the thing is, so for one, right. I, and this is just my genuine opinion. Again, I feel like that entire generation that raised us, they didn't see us as individuals. They saw us as extensions of them that they could control, right. Little robots that they could program, right. Based on their needs. And obviously that's because that was done to them. You know what I mean? So it's a combination of them just going based on what they know. And then also them finally having the control and being like, well, I'm in charge now. So this is, this is law. You know what I mean? And so for one, that just creates so much fucked up shit up here. Cause that creates so much confusion. Cause even like, like I said earlier, like I was like, a, we were all essentially like those dogs with the damn collars. And there was that invisible fence. So we know how to not cross other people's boundaries, but then we don't know how to set our own because there's this confusion and chaos within our own homes where we are allowed to have boundaries, but only with specific people. And the reality is, is in order for us to understand boundaries and ownership of ourselves, the people who raise us are the first people that should be respecting our boundaries you know what i mean like even like you know what's crazy about that though what is that they were allowed to set boundaries with us that Mm -hmm. we had to respect at all times you couldn't Mm -hmm. ask your the adults in your life about their personal lives or when they were young you couldn't oh they were so they were so yeah uh, turned off by that 
you couldn't make jokes with them about certain things. You couldn't, for certain adults, physical contact was a boundary and they were so comfortable establishing that with us. But we, because like you said, we're seen as, as property as kids versus Mm -hmm. an individual human being. They were fine setting boundaries with us, but we couldn't. Tell me if this was a boundary that the adults around you had, especially my mother. She had this thing about like, the seat like like let's say we're at like a family gathering or something if she was sitting in a chair she didn't expect anybody but especially a child if she got up from that seat and went to go do something and a child sat in that seat she saw that as the ultimate disrespect like i have had my ass handed to me because i sat in a seat that my mom had already sat in is that normal or is that just my I've seen other adults do it. It wasn't necessarily something my mom would bring up, um, but I've seen other adults do that. Or just like a kid interrupting an adult conversation to like ask Mm -hmm. for something, even if they weren't trying to be rude. It could be like, yo, I need to go to the bathroom. Like Mm -hmm. they would feel so disrespected for having their bubble like interrupted by a child. And it's like, that's Mm -hmm. a child. Like they need to. That's a literal child. Yeah. And they can't fend for themselves. But for me, especially what I notice about the adults in my life is that like asking them about their past or them sharing anything about like they Caribbean adults. And I can only speak from the Caribbean perspective. I'm sure most people have this experience, but Caribbean adults have these personal lives that exist outside of their immediate families as it especially as it relates to their children mm-hmm. there are adults in my life who know so much about the other adults and who how what they were like before I was born but I feel like I only know those adults in their role as whatever their relation is to I me I think that's across the board I think no matter yeah. what pocket of the world you come from that's the reality yeah it's um, it's more I mean, like a generational thing versus like a demographic thing I guess Um, yeah, because now, like if my niece were to ask me a question about like my experiences in high school, my experiences in college, like if at any point she comes to me and she says like, Hey, what was dating like for you? Like anything she wants to ask me, I will feel comfortable telling her because I want her to learn from that, that experience. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to share with her, but I couldn't just go up to my mother or my aunt and be like, yo, when was the first time? Like, what was sex like for you? And like, what can I learn from your experience? Because boom, there's that wall there. Like, don't you dare. And it's crazy because like, that's your mother or that's your aunt. Like you would expect transparency there, but there's a boundary there instead. You know what's funny? I do think that they all pick and choose what they're willing to share from their upbringing versus what they're not. Because I'm sure there were things that your mom would be comfortable sharing with you. Things Mm -hmm. that would put her in the highest light, if that makes sense. In the highest light or just things that... You know, a lot of it was very comparative. Like my grandmother raised me this, this and that. Like she ruled with iron fist type shit just to kind of, it's almost like they'll share the stuff with you that makes you feel like, wow, like I have it good, but they won't share the intimate, personal, like I want to get to know you better as a person type shit. Yeah. I, I will say for my mom, she was an open book when it came to like her sex life and what her love life was like and things like that. But that's just because that's one of the things that my mom seems to value a lot as a human. Um, so we like I always say that, you know, aside from a lot of my mom's like missteps, one of the things that she took a very she took very seriously was sex education. And that's a big part of why Diamond and I ended up not being teen moms and stuff. Um, she was very transparent with us about, you know, sex and 
making sure that we knew, you know, about condoms and our reproductive system and all that jazz. Um, I feel like she did share things about like whatever her dating life looked like and things like that. But I also feel like there were things and elements about her past that she really didn't share with us. Even just me and Diamond's early years, um, I only learned as an adult some of the things that she worked so hard to keep as secrets. But those secrets that she was holding on to was driving her crazy. You know what I mean? Because she would have this wild anxiety anytime me and Diamond were around relatives and she wasn't there. She would kind of spiral because she would be worried about them sharing things about her from her past. You know what I mean? And then when, if something came up, then she, it would be a whole bunch of family drama. Yeah. But I definitely agree with you that there's always some element about our elders past, particularly our parents, because by the time our grandparents are grandparents, I think they're way open with their shit. Cause they realize that they're freaking down. Like they're going to die soon. I think <laughs> it depends. I- it really depends on a grandparent because for sure mine still had those boundaries up. And again, really? it, it, it blows my mind how strict or how, you know, passionately, I guess they protected their own boundaries, but they never mm. respected like their grandchildren's boundaries or right. the idea that we could set boundaries. Um, so let's talk about some different types um, of, of boundaries. Like let's, let's, I guess, move on to a different, a different type of boundary setting. Cause we've talked a lot about emotional boundaries. Yeah. Um, you know, what are some boundaries that you have set in your life in respect to your time or in respect mm-hmm. to like your work boundaries? Um, for example, a big boundary for me at work is that I get to decide what type of social life I have with a coworker outside of work. Like that's, yeah. I get, I don't, I don't allow my job to force me into feeling like I have to bring my family into the workspace or my personal life into the workspace. Like I decide where that line is drawn. Yeah. You know what I have to say? I think, and even when you were listing out the different types of boundaries earlier, I, while listening, the easiest boundaries that I've always been able to set is work and time boundaries. There was a time at the beginning of my career where it was a little hard, but it was mostly because I love what I, like, I was loving what I was doing so much that it was hard for me to like, be like, nope, I'm off the clock. Or, you know, there've been times it, I've been on a date and like ended my date so that I could help out at work. You know what I mean? But that was because I loved my job at the time. But now in the last few years, especially after becoming somebody's mama, the easiest boundaries for me to set have always been workplace and time boundaries. Um, and to that same, I decide who I'm going to interact with outside of the workplace. I don't feel guilty about not wanting to interact with somebody outside of the workplace. Um, I don't regret it either because for me, it's just like, we only know each other because of this job. And we both only have this job because of whatever reasons that we have. This once I leave this building, I'm not in this building. I don't want any parts of this building at home with me. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And I'm I'm always very clear about that, even in like um and for those of you who might be wondering, like, what are some ways that I can establish a work boundary without making my coworkers feel away or making them feel disrespected? A good place for you to set that boundary to make sure it's established from the beginning is 
um, in a job interview, sort of when you first get hired, you know, typically bosses will do like that one-on-one situation to kind of ask you, good bosses will have one-on-ones with you to ask you about like your work style, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. When she cross, when my boss crosses a boundary, when anybody else crosses a boundary, I try to make sure I'm vocal about it because it's like, yeah, we cool, but that's the line right there. Like you need to chill. Um, especially being one of the few people color, people of color at work. I noticed that Mm -hmm. I have to establish boundaries more because I have different boundaries versus let's say a white coworker. Um, for her, I, you know, when we first started having those one-on-ones, when I first came into the work environment, I was very clear. Like when I leave here at five o'clock, like, my phone is like, I don't work here anymore. I don't answer emails on weekends. I don't do, unless it's like a pre-plan, like, hey, we have to go to this place on Saturday as a team. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't, when I leave here, I'm I'm gone. Like, I try to make sure that that work-life balance is a boundary for me because until this job, I've worked jobs where like that work-life balance didn't exist and it became very toxic very fast. I've had bosses yeah. who felt like they could call me at 10 o'clock at night to ask a question, you know? What? Yeah. Um, which we probably should have talked about in, in the first episode of this season because that was a part of why I said fuck this job because I was like, hell no, this is not okay. But that happened because I was at you know, I was in undergrad. I felt I was you, you much younger than this person. This person was my senior. Like I was scared to set a boundary. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. I try to respect that. Um, Cause I think people don't realize too, is that you setting boundaries is a part of your self-love. You mm-hmm. setting boundaries is a yep. part of your self-care. It's a part of your, your building your respect for yourself. Um, and then you can also set boundaries with yourself like hell yeah and you know what i'm i want to interject and add something because i remember earlier when we were kind of describing what boundaries mean to us and stuff and i remember you using like saying that it's like essentially like a wall that you're creating and i wish i could remember where i heard this some spiritual leader that i was listening to but they pretty much said that there's a big difference between boundaries and walls boundaries are essentially a filter where things that benefit you and that you do that benefit others will kind of, you, you can, they can pass through, but a wall, you, nothing can come in. Oh, I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but pretty much then when you have boundaries, then that still creates way for things that can benefit you to come in versus if you have a wall up, then not much can get in. Um, and like you said, I think having boundaries is one of the highest forms of self-care. You know what I mean? And in order for other people to respect your boundaries, you have to respect them. You know, that's just like, it's so necessary. Time boundaries for me, for sure, probably is is my most sacred boundary, mostly because I don't have a whole lot of that shit. Hello. So Hello. I am very careful with who I give my time to. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's why I, I think that's why I touched on the fact that sometimes you have to establish boundaries with yourself because sometimes I violate my own time boundaries, yeah. getting enough rest, overworking, working well into the night, you know, not mm-hmm. recognizing when I need to stop um, or convincing myself like I have to finish this thing right now. I can't take a break. I can't go do something else. I can't get some rest. I can't eat like I had to establish some hard boundaries for myself there so that I could be more cognizant of my own time and like, you know, Mm -hmm. taking care of myself. 
And that's necessary. That's absolutely necessary. And I feel like a big part of like time and work boundaries that haven't been set in the past is capitalism. Cause we're not going to act like the, the American dream has always been to succeed. And a lot of times we get this idea that if we are not available enough, then we might miss out on these big opportunities. And you know what I mean? Like think about like, um, the devil wears Prada, right? That's so normal and common in like rising professionals. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like it took enough burnout for our generation to realize like, yeah, no, this is just not going to work. You know what I mean? Like this is a big, these opportunities that people don't want to miss are a big part of why a lot of our elders have not been available enough to their families and things such as that. And it's just not going to fly no more. Yep. It's really not. I listen, this past year has been such a big, um, just period of self-reflection for me. And I think for a lot of people in terms of like what your boundaries are and should be, um, work-life balance, like you said, has definitely come into question. Um, you know, my boundaries with myself and how I spend my time, my boundaries with other people and what access I let them have to me. I mean, the conversation of 2020 was boundaries, right? Like physical boundaries, because we were recognizing that, okay, you need to be six feet away from me. I right now you like six inches, bitch boundary. Like, (laughs) so it kind of makes you think about just like other boundaries that people violate on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, we're getting close to the end of the episode. And before we leave, I do kind of want to leave some tips for people who have listened to this episode and want to work on establishing some boundaries for themselves in their relationships. Um, so an example of setting a boundary, we've talked about a lot during the episode, but for me, an example of setting a boundary is establishing the word no as a complete sentence. That's so fair. a boundary can be, when you tell someone that you can't do something or, you know, you don't want to do something, you don't want to go somewhere, avoiding over explaining yourself to try to make that person feel better about the fact that you're saying no. So mm-hmm. viewing no as like, no, I just I just don't want to go like I'll see you next time. It's fine. Yeah. Like not explaining oh I sick oh I just don't feel good like don't lie to that person or to yourself it's okay to say no and establishing a boundary can be accepting the fact that it's okay to say no as a complete sentence yeah that's fair um so that's a good one I think for those who do struggle with that because that's realistically we both know that's a lot easier said than done So rather than over explaining a better thing to do would just be like, not this time, or I just don't feel like it, or even just simply maybe next time. You know what I mean? If you have a hard time just being like, no girl, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I mean, no, well, I don't mean no in like a blunt, like nah, mean going just like, like how you just said, maybe next time I just don't feel like going, like being honest with yourself and that person about the fact that you just don't want to go or you just don't want to do it or right. you just don't want to I'm take on a new project. Different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. For example, um, Diamond was, was visiting me not too long ago and I was in a fucking mood. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit was going on. <laughs> And, you know, she came in room and she was like, hey, do you want to hang and have sister time? And I felt so bad. But like I was like, Diamond, I'm not in a good mood right now. I don't want to socialize. And because Diamond and I have this understanding of like boundaries and and we have that respect for each other, Diamond was like, "Okay, I'll see you in a bit. Okay, 
she was like, I'll come back to check on you. I said, okay. And that was it. We didn't get mad at each other. She didn't feel no type of way. It was just like, I can't do this right now. I'll see you later. And that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what other tips would you recommend? Um, establishing your boundaries with your friends early. Um, obviously we have friends that we've known for long periods of time, but when you meet new people, establishing the boundary the first time they cross it, you know, communicating that boundary so that it doesn't have to build up to the point where you have to do it in an angry way. So let's say you went out to drink with some friends, somebody got a little too physically comfortable with you. They were hugging up. Like for me, I'm not a hugger. I've had new people meet me and be like, oh my God, you're so cool. And try to hug me. And I'm like, I'm not a hugger. Sorry. Like you good. Don't hug me. Um, And a lot of people are thrown off by that. But because I do that early, people know not to like keep trying me. Another good one is, especially for us VI people, boundaries with our dialect, the way we speak. Oh, yes. So when people oh, you mimic know what? the when way you people speak, try to do that Caribbean accent, I tell them, please don't do that. It's offensive. Yep. And I don't a, give a fuck. Like, and that's I a boundary. That is a, a boundary. boundary. It's, it's very a hard offensive. boundary. Like, um, like a lot, especially, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and that, this was something I did experience in my workplace a lot where when I would introduce myself or they'd be like, so where are you from? Are you from Jamaica, man? Or, and I'm like, please don't do that. That's very offensive. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I would also just kind of let them know you don't have to try to speak with an accent. I understand your, I understand standard American English perfectly yeah. fine. And that's, that's an example of a boundary. Um, another thing, another tip that I would say is to be consistent with your boundaries. So don't establish, yeah, don't establish a boundary with someone or about something the first time and then allow them to cross that boundary the second time and then decide like, you have to make sure that even if a person keep, cause people are not just going to accept your boundary every time. People are not just going to be like, Oh my God, sorry. Yeah. Oh my God, sorry, I won't do it again. Cause we're human. Sometimes people forget, but also sometimes people think that if they push hard enough, that they will be able to convince you to put that boundary down and to let it go. Um, so you have to continue expressing like, Hey, I don't like this shit. Um, let me, let me just to piggyback on that. I want to touch base on what you said earlier about setting your own personal boundaries. You have to create a, a, a boundary within yourself of, how many times are you willing to accept some accept someone crossing a boundary? Like, cause you shouldn't have to repeat your boundaries too much. Now it's one thing the first couple of times, but if you find that somebody has been thoroughly advised of your boundaries and they're still doing what they want to do, make sure you take in the message boo. Yeah. Make sure you decide who gets to eat at your table. Listen, boundary setting is a great way to re-examine your friendships and re-examine the people that you want to have relationships with. Because if a person cannot do something as simple as respect a boundary that you set, then that person does not have respect for you. Because it doesn't matter what the boundary is. That's another thing I want to explain to people. Your boundary can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. Like it's your personal boundary. Exactly. It doesn't have to make sense to the person that you setting it with. mm -hmm. They have to, all they have to do is respect it. So like the accent thing, a lot of people won't see that as a big deal. Like, well, I was just joking. Like, cool. Don't do it again though, because that's Mm -hmm. a boundary. Like, yeah. And you know what? 
the beauty in that, right? Because one of my favorite quotes is your vibe attracts your tribe, right? And so part of that, at least in my personal opinion, is as you set boundaries on people, either respect them or not, then for those who disrespect those boundaries, then you get to decide within yourself if they're even worth being in your life. And then as you continue to do that, people who will respect your boundaries, you'll find that they're there. You know what I mean? And they'll end up in your life because I'm sorry, like me personally, like I said earlier, like it's very easy for me to respect people's boundaries. So if I say something or make some kind of a joke and somebody's like, hey, that ain't it. I'm like, oh, my bad. I don't even feel the need to express that. Oh, but I was just joking and did it because it ain't got nothing to do with me. That's your boundary. You don't want me making. I'm just not going to do it no more. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, and and we have to be, you know, like you said, we have to kind of come to a place with ourselves where we recognize other people will set boundaries with us and sometimes we'll cross those things. And no matter how that shit make you feel, even if you embarrass, even if you um you know, feeling some type of way about them establishing a boundary, like you have to kind of take your pride out of it and accept like mm-hmm. this person set a boundary, I have to respect it. Like Exactly. And that's that. So if you are listening to this episode, um, we have reached the end of our time, but I want you guys to share some examples of your own personal boundaries on social media with us. So tag us at GoodUpPod, use hashtag GoodUpTuesday on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook, and let us know like some examples of your personal boundaries. So for example, if you don't let your, fo- your co-workers follow you on social media, that's a boundary. If you don't let, you know... People ask you certain personal questions. That's a boundary. Um, Share, yeah, share your different types of boundaries with us. We'll make sure to um, respond to you and share them on our pages. But thank you guys so much for like listening, for supporting the podcast, for downloading the podcast, for being patrons of the podcast. If you want to be a patron and get exclusive content and get our episodes early and get bonus content and join our Facebook group to talk shit with us about the episodes, then go to patreon.com slash good podcast um and make sure you sign up it's literally three dollars a month the cheapest level is three dollars a month so you're getting some bang for your buck girl you have three dollars you have three dollars do you do they because i ain't got it i'm gonna ask three dollars a month three dollars a month i just messed with you you. (laughs) but yeah we will see you guys next week deidre anything you want to tell the people and before we leave I love all of you. Aww. Every single one of you. I really do. And I can't wait to talk to y'all next week. Bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kickin' It family. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash Good Up Podcast. 